The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Well, here we go again, my friends. We're talking about high-speed travel between Calgary and Edmonton. It comes as Canadian Hyperloop Company Transpod signs an agreement with the Alberta government that will see the province support the firm's early efforts to advance development of an ultra-high-speed transportation line between Calgary and Edmonton. Now, it's important to note that Alberta has not made any financial commitments or endorsements, but they're just exploring this. Uh, All of it, I know, sounds like a bit of science fiction, but... You guys are loving it on the text line, and you have been for a long time from the very first point that we ever talked about this. Well, you know what? Sebastian Gendron is the CEO and co-founder of Transpod. Sebastian, welcome back to the show. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us once again. Sebastian, I have to ask you, how is it or what is it that got you interested in this mode of transportation? What what sparked in your brain that said, you know, we need to be looking at this and we need to be, uh, you know, exploring this possibility? When did that all start for you? Oh, that, that started, um, I would say, uh, yeah, six, seven years ago. And uh, I'm actually uh, a pretty bad employee. And uh, <laughs> and after uh, uh, working for a big corporation such as Airbus, Bombardier, and so on, um, at some point uh, you have to choose between accepting the way those companies works or trying to start your own business and uh, yeah, and not maybe doing better but doing different uh, and uh, being maybe more ambitious to develop. Uh, um, yeah, the future of transportation. So that's, uh, so that's this is how it started, pretty much. This is yeah, and you know, and and it continues to to move 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 forward. You know, albeit slowly. Now again, you know, we when we describe it, and you've heard it being described like it sounds like science fiction or something that we saw out of I don't know the Jetsons on cartoons years <laughs> and years ago. Um, but you know, the ultimate goal when we see this, whether it's happening here in Alberta or in Ontario, where it's also being talked about uh, as well, is is moving people. Uh, at speeds of up to a thousand kilometers an hour through magnetic tubes, Sebastian, how does this work? Well, it's it's actually fairly simple. Um, it's first, it's been around for many years. Uh, it's a concept which exists since uh, early 90s, um, 1900, I would say. Uh, so it's not, uh, yeah, it's been around many for many years, and then it's been popularized uh, recently by Elon Musk, but it's already seven years ago. That was in 2013. And uh, the concept is uh, to um, to have vehicles traveling in a tube uh, where you've removed most of the air. And like you said, using electromagnetic engines, since you've removed most of the air, you have less friction and you can achieve speeds which are similar to, uh, to an aircraft. Uh, it's kind of really an aircraft uh, uh, without wings. Uh, to put it mm. simple, uh, simply, and um, we are at Transport. We are uh, designing uh, with the objective to manufacture and sell those transportation vehicles to uh, to customer, which could be via rail, WestJet, uh, DHL, Amazon, and so on. So they're the size of a of a bus or a train coach. Uh, so just uh, to uh, to better visualize. So you brought up Elon Musk and and his uh, Hyperloop proposal. What is the difference between his and this one? 
for um, so what people need to understand is that Hyperloop is a is a brand name. It's a marketing yeah. kind of a okay. buzz. There's no real technology behind it. Uh, there is a. It's kind of doing some marketing around the concept which have been around and kind of uh, having too much uh, dust on it and needed <laughs> to be uh, uh, refreshed. And this is what Elon Musk uh, did. And now there is uh, between six to eight companies around the world developing their own proprietary technology. And uh, yeah, and we have, uh, thanks to Ryan and the team, uh, Ryan being uh, uh, my co-founder as well uh, at uh, Transpod, um, this is kind of our competitive advantage. Uh, we're really proud of the IP uh, being developed so far. And, uh, and the missing piece, which was the um, kind of the confirmation of an official support just came in today, which is, uh, which is good, yeah. Yeah, so, so give us an idea then when you, when you uh, receive word of this, uh, this agreement uh, today, this, this agreement, what does that allow for the company to do? What's the next step? What does this allow for? So it's, as I said before, it's, it's confirming a path for commercialization for, uh, um, for our technology. And that, that was a key element because you, you may have the best technology, uh, uh, the best product and so on. If there is no market, um, yeah, you, you kind of screwed, I would say. And um, <laughs> so we, we really needed that, that document and that agreement to be able to prove that there is interest and appetite to develop that technology uh, moving forward. So more than any uh, private investment, public investment, whatever we, more than the money, I would say, it's really kind of the support and the, the ability to work with us uh, to develop that corridor, which is the most important for uh, all those financial uh, uh, players. So the feasibility study is still in the works uh, for all of this. I think that's supposed to be done around 2022, and then there's a research and development phase taking you to 24. Uh, at test track construction and high-speed tests, we're looking from 2022 to 2027. So this isn't something that's going to happen overnight, is it, Sebastian? This is this is something that takes a, a, a long time to do. Um, when it comes to testing this, do, do you not have a, a, a test track in, in France? right now what's going on there yeah so like you said we're here for the long run uh, and um, first of all the full feasibility study will have to be ready much before uh, okay. 2022 like end of 2022 the objective is to start the construction of the full size uh, test track so oh, wow. in order to do that it means that by next uh, summer the full feasibility study needs to be uh, finalized, as well as terms and conditions for those financial institutions to invest uh, in the province. Uh, so the, we actually already started to work on that full feasibility study with uh, uh, people from a company from Calgary called Entwity, uh, people from Transport and, and people from the government uh, to um, to make sure yeah, that we'll have a, a strong document to confirm the economical viability of the corridor. Uh, ideally, I would like to have it before next uh, spring uh, 2021. And, and in parallel, we'll continue to answer your question. We're, we're continuing the uh, technology development. 
And uh, so the test track is uh, under construction in France, and all the results uh, from the research and development plan we have today, both in France and in, uh, in, uh, in Canada, will be required uh, to, um, uh, for the full-size test track in, uh, in Alberta. Uh, Sebastian uh, Gendron joining me this afternoon. He's the CEO and co-founder of Transpod. We're talking about that high-speed travel link between Calgary and, and Edmonton. So when you're looking at the the, the link itself, um, you know, going from, from, from Calgary to Edmonton, is your vision, you know, would it run just along the highway, along QE2? Is that is that how you see that working? Yeah, for most of the, uh, I would say, corridor, yeah, that's going to be the case. Uh, the initial land for that uh, test track has been identified yeah, south of Red Deer. It's uh, between Odds and uh, Ditchbury, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then we'll have to come part of the, again, that full feasibility study. We'll evaluate, I would say, two or three scenarios where the full corridor uh, will be uh, built. Uh, and this will require... Um, uh, some discussion with landowners because uh, I would say most of the land uh, between Calgary and Edmonton are owned by uh, private uh, uh, mm-hmm. people. Uh, so we'll have to negotiate the same way, and this is interesting, the same way uh, 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 people in the province do it for pipeline. Uh, we'll yeah. have to do it, but uh, this one is for to transport people. So uh, I'm just I'm uh, I'm thinking yeah. I'm thinking Sebastian that I mean this is you know this is going to cost a a boatload of money. I mean just the the technology going into it, um, you know, building that corridor, dealing with you know the people who own the property along uh, along the corridor. So. You know, when you look at the at the cost of it, and then you turn around and the fe- feasibility of, of making it work, and I know you've got this feasibility study going, then I think about you know Joe Blow, you know Joe Public, who wants to get on this and maybe ride it, and I, I mm-hmm. think some people are wondering what the heck would it cost them because this seems like it's going to be a very pricey undertaking. So um, yes and no. Uh, when we started that venture with uh, Ryan, uh, we wanted to make sure that the business case uh, is right. We can afford, as a private company, to have um, a private uh, to have uh, infrastructure, such infrastructure, not to be profitable. Uh, as of today, when you look at all those high-speed rail net uh, line around the world. 80% of those are not profitable, and this is not something as a private company, we, again, we can, we can afford. And so we really looked at the business model and, 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 and think about how uh, that infrastructure could be, um, yeah, could make sense for a financial uh, uh, institution. And so in addition to the uh, passenger revenue stream, we've added actually uh, three additional revenue streams to make those projects much more appealing. Uh, So in addition to passengers, you'll have freight. The third one is uh, energy, meaning that Mm -hmm. between Calgary and Edmonton, you'll have 300 kilometers of solar panels. So you'll end up having an infrastructure which actually generates energy. Uh, and it might actually generate more energy than uh, we need from the grid. Uh, so being energy positive, I would say. And even if it's not positive, we're kind of in the process to confirm the, to confirm the number. But even if the ratio is not uh, uh, above one, it will still be better than any highway or any conventional infrastructure piece. And the fourth one is coming from the uh, real estate market. 
where in exchange of building stations uh, with private money, uh, we'll negotiate with municipalities um, some kind of a percentage back uh, from the uh, increasing value of the real estate uh, market. Mm. Um, so, so when you add those four, then okay. business model seems to, yeah is much much better, and uh, so we're confident he- about that. So your earliest guesses right now, what would be a, a one-way ticket from Edmonton to Calgary? So initial estimations we had was, and again, uh, we still have lots of work to do, but yeah. uh, we are between 40 to $60 one way. Yeah. Wow, 40 to $60. Okay, that's uh, that's interesting. Had, uh, just one more question, Sebastian. I really appreciate your time this afternoon. I know you've been, you've been busy with lots of interviews today. Um, people, people wondering about safety and what would be the, the safety plan if it, if the, the if the magnets stop working and you know all hell breaks loose, you know what what is the the the, the safety uh, around this? I mean, I, some people are worried about that. So you and you're right, and they're right. It's a key aspect of it, and uh, we we decided to address that uh, right from the beginning by uh, working with the uh, proper uh, agencies uh, to uh, define the right safety and regulatory framework around that. Uh, the same way uh, we have those frameworks for an aircraft or a train, mm. you need to have the authorization from uh, the right entity, uh, whether it's Transport Canada or uh, the uh, European uh, Transportation Commission at the uh, uh, European level or the Department of Transportation from um, uh, in the U.S. And the good news is that uh, uh, Europe is taking the lead on that, and we've been working with them over the last two years uh, to define that framework and to avoid being uh, uh, in front of uh, uh, some standards a few years from now and telling us that everything we've done is not uh, compliant. So we wanted really to avoid that risk, and I'm glad that uh, uh, Europe and the U.S. are out uh, taking the lead on that. The good news as well is that uh, part of that agreement with the Alberta government, uh, Alberta Transportation will be able to join us during those working mm. groups. And I hope that Transport Canada will do the same uh, anytime soon. So, before, uh, yeah. before, before I let you go, before, before uh-huh. I let you go, um, overall cost of this project, what, what, what would that be? Start to finish. So, yeah, initial estimations we are between six to ten billion dollars. Okay. Uh, so that and again we'll confirm the exact infrastructure cost part of that feasibility study, and then look at the ridership and the business model, and uh, and see uh, when we can get uh, a strong return uh, from that infrastructure mm-hmm. piece. Very cool, Sebastian. I appreciate your time this afternoon. We look forward to seeing what the feasibility study um, says here in the in the coming months. I appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Thanks a lot. You betcha. Sebastian Gendron joining us. Uh, he is the CEO and co-founder of TransPod. So again, this um, this agreement with the Alberta government, um, TransPod has signed with the Alberta government, which looks at, you know, what is going to be next. Again, Alberta has not made any financial commitments or endorsements whatsoever, but it just kind of helps move the project forward as far as, you know, um, evaluating, exploring it. 
I, I think it, I, I'm fascinated by this. I'd love to see it go from, from here to Vancouver or from here to Toronto, um, something like that. But you think about it, 40 to 60 bucks initial one-way ticket from Edmonton to Calgary. Be there in what, 40 minutes, if that? What do you think? Would you use it? 780-496-0063. Again, we're a long way off. We're a long way off. They're talking about this by 2030, so another 10 years. Let me know what's on your mind when it comes to this one.